1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Start a podcast. Oh,
3: Phoenix! Hey, yo! Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
0: I'd actually like to take this opportunity
3: to wish... Greg
4: DeMarco Show.
3: Best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> welcome. Here comes the big
2: dog. Shut up! It is a Tuesday night, Tuesday, June 15th, which means we are recording another edition of the Babyface Heel podcast. Babyface Heel podcast, of course, comes at you as part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can hear at thechairshot.com. Follow along at Chairshot Media. This show also streams on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and so many more. So like, subscribe, leave us that five-star review, but most importantly, tell a friend so they can join in the fun as well. My name is Greg DeMarco. Follow me at ChairShotGreg. The show's a little bit different, as you know, throughout the month of June. We have been celebrating 10 years of Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd sitting in front of computers and doing a podcast. And we are doing that again today, but this one's a little bit different. Miranda Morales is away this week, so we are using this show and the Hashtag Miranda Show to do a roundtable of sorts in the world of professional wrestling. So this portion of our 10-year celebration, let's Patrick and I show off our our wrestling knowledge, wrestling opinions, and do so with uh, some good friends. And, And two different sides of the spectrum, first of all, um one person has never been on the air with us before and uh he's you you will recognize his voice uh from most importantly uh the outsiders edge podcast which he of course does each and every week he's also appeared on chairshot radio um a couple other shows as well so i'm very excited to welcome to the show for the very first time you can follow him on the Twitter at Dr. S'mores. It's D-R S'mores, S-M-O-R-E-S. It's Kyle Moore.
5: Thank you so much for having me, y'all. Um, I appreciate
2: you giving me the opportunity to come in on such short notice. Kyle Moore's. I'm sorry, not Kyle Moore. Kyle yeah, Moore's. that's why it's Dr. S'mores. Moore's sounds like S'mores. It, it's it's so easy yet so hard. It, it's crazy how that I know, right? Hard. So Super complicated. Um, and I'm super excited to, to get Kyle on and, and have him do this, so... Uh, we'll be doing that momentarily. Joining us as well for the past probably three and a half years of the 10 years that we've been podcasting, he has served as the uh, relief pitcher. He's, he's, he's been the, 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 the pinch runner for the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. And sometimes both Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales, he also is a big part of the Steel Cage podcasting network he even gets to cover some sports sometimes and and has real life too we've talked about that on the air before he's also the assistant commissioner of impact zone wrestling you would find him on the twitter at cap underscore caveman that's cave with a k you know him it's derek Montilla.
3: patrick i'm glad to see that we can finally be together in the same place at the same time
4: hello derek Mm -hmm. (laughs)
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Look, I know you've heard the things I've been saying about taking your job and pushing you out of the podcast and, you know, that 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 I, I want to take over with Greg and have my own show. I just want you to know that I meant every single one of those things.
4: Oh, I'm aware. All right. I'm aware. Right. And I, I'm well, comfortable enough in this chair mm-hmm. to not sweat you sure. and your little... Actually, more nerd basement than I could ever hope for. You should be on the bandwagon. Actually, I, yeah. like you should be on bandwagon, nerds. He
2: probably at
4: some point. Like just ga- gauging by the background there.
3: That's, um, that's that's a that's an insult, and I, I appreciate it. Thank you.
4: Yeah, I mean, not everyone can, you know, stay nine forever.
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Not everybody can. I'm, Luckily, I, I I have.
2: <laughs> yes, you have. I believe it was a 10-year-old self. You always said to be proud of you. 12-year-old self.
3: I can't remember what age yeah. you use. used.
4: Living the dream. Uh, I,
3: think, I think eight. I think eight is what I'm going for. Okay. Yeah, like eight-year-old self. But yeah, uh, well. basically living living a life that, that if I told my eight-year-old self about, uh, he would be very excited. It, like he would all worries about the future would be alleviated.
2: <laughs> the future's in good hands with adult version yeah, of eight-year-old Derek Montia. So, And the other voice that you've already heard, he has been here since day one-ish. You can follow him on the Twitter, at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist. And there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. And the host of the aforementioned Bandwagon Nerds podcast, Patrick O'Dowd. The
4: OG co-hosts. With Craig Demarco, day one, day one ish, yes. The, the the one and only co-host. Actually, okay. that's not even true, because you saw you, you did shoehorn Miranda in there suddenly. Like mm-hmm. you, you know why I feel threatened, right? Like you we've just had keep bringing all, other people. You had, on. Like like, yes. like that's never yes. happened
2: before. Over the ten years, we've had Brina, we've had Heather, we've had mm-hmm. Miranda. They've
4: all fallen like dominoes before me. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, I think we I see now why you have your confidence now. Yes. I know, right? Yes. And, uh, because he doesn't have anything else to do. Many have
4: many many have stepped forward. None <laughs> have survived.
2: It's also good that he doesn't have that much of a life. So it helps. It definitely helps. That's That's true. Most most true, of the wrestling you know? podcasters fall into that category. So um today we are going to talk about two topics on this show and then two on the hashtag Miranda show if you listen to this morning's chair start radio and if you didn't shame on you please go back and do that talked about this a little bit and I talked about one topic we're not going to utilize and that is the state of the blank podcast topic because I've decided uh, two different people pitched the idea to me do, do a state of this and I was and, and for some reason it just struck me I hate the state of the blank topic I just think it's so broad based and, and just not a lot of fun so we are going to have much more pointed topics and have a lot of fun before we do I've got to admirably fill in and tell you to go over to Pro Wrestling I should probably do this huh? Mm. Now, I can admirably fill in and tell you that it is time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up your very own chair shot t shirt. We got all sorts of designs, colors, shapes, sizes, styles for you to take advantage of. Patrick O'Dowd is even sporting the hashtag save tag team wrestling shirt. Right now, today, we've got the Jesus did the job shirt. We've got the chair shot Corona. ChairShot Worldwide, ChairShot 316, all sorts of ChairShot shirts. Of course, the logos, the OG designs, the always use your head shirts. We got shirts for the podcast, like a winner is you and bandwagon nerds. Shirts for the personalities, like the Queen of Soft Styles shirt and the Everybody Hates Greg shirt. Plus fun ones like the Baron Corbin Sucks shirt. So endorsed by the man who sucks himself, Baron Corbin. So head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash a chair shot. and Pick yourself up one of those shirts today. Kyle, of course, is on The Outsider's Edge, which was the inspiration for the hashtag journalism shirt. So go out there and pick up one of those as well and show the Meltzers and the Kellers of the world exactly what you think of what they do week in and week out oh, wow. yet they make money at this. And stop wasting and stop wasting your thirteen
5: dollars on Uncle Dave's shit
4: rag.
2: Is it thirteen now? Did it go up?
5: It's, I'm pretty sure it's thirteen dollars. Yeah.
3: Why are we hey. talking
4: about Uncle Dave's shit rag?
3: Well, because instead you could pay ten dollars for someone else to ruin the show for you. But whatever, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. That is
2: very very <laughs> true. So. Indeed, uh, head on over to ProWrestingTees.com, forward slash The Chair Shot. Pick up any one of those shirts. It does support everything that we do here at The Chairshot Radio Network and the chairshot.com. Podcasting, hosting services, and websites don't grow on trees. They grow in computers. And so we need your help to continue to do that. And we appreciate you listening, sharing, and, of course, being a part of that movement, as Christopher Platt calls it, by heading on over to ProWrestingTees.com, forward slash The Chair Shot, and picking up one of those shirts,
3: well, Today.
2: For many wrestling fans, one of the pleasant surprises of the road to WrestleMania 37 was the emergence of Bobby Lashley, excuse me, Bob Lashley, as your current reigning, defending, undisputed WWE champion, of course. Bob won that belt from The Miz on the road to WrestleMania, retained it against Drew McIntyre in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Now he is set to defend that championship against Drew McIntyre, Inside the Hell in a Cell this Sunday. We're not picking pay per views. There's many a podcast that can do that for us. My question is more about Bobby Lashley. And Kyle, we're going to start with you on this topic. Is Bobby Lashley a temporary top guy or a legit long term top guy?
5: He's a temporary top guy for one reason, and it's a really easy reason to get into. Bobby Lashley's 44 years old now. Like, not going to turn 44, like Bobby Lashley is actively 44 years old. You could conceivably possibly get one to two more years out of that. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Like if you really look at the history of professional wrestling, Austin's peak at the top was like two years. CM Punk's peak at the top was like two years. The Rock's peak at the top was like three years. Um, You know, the John Cena's and the Undertaker's are the exception more so than the rule. So like one to two years on the top is, You know, not anything to be upset about, but like at his age, he can't be anything more than a temporary start.
2: There you go. Age could be a factor. Uh, Patrick, your thoughts on Bob. Uh,
4: I have him in that Dave Batista category kind of for the same reasons that Kyle just laid out there because Dave kind of hit the big time when he was I don't even remember how old he was when, like, he, he got 40. his when he got yeah, his big he got evolution older. push. Dave,
2: Dave's he was, age, he was... D- big Dave's age, is definitely under dispute. That's for sure. Well, or DDP is another great example.
5: Yeah, he didn't even break into performing until he was in his like late thirties,
4: right? And and like, you can you can still have a very good top of the card run and and Dave Bautista has nothing to sneeze at that's a hall of fame career but i yeah i don't know that he's i guess it also kind of mean what do you mean by the top guy do you mean like somebody who's going to be a top guy for like the next 10 years or cuz like or do you think when he inevitably loses to McIntyre, will he still be a top guy going forward
2: i think this i'm am asking you for, for for me it's the latter of what you said the second part of what you said so
4: uh, no, cause it's not really what the WWE does anymore. Like they have like four guys that, that kind of stay up there the whole time. And then the, the rest of the group kind of does the Miz pattern where they're up and they go down to the mid then they go back up and down even. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I see it given his age and just like, I think he'll go down to us title land, maybe come back up for another, he'll be a legitimate contender. But is he is he the top guy? Top guy? I don't know that he's the top guy. Top guy, kind of kind of character after
3: he
2: loses. All right, Derek, what do you think? Uh,
3: I th- I think honestly, what both Kyle and Patrick said is very valid as far as his age goes and where he's at in his run. I think that you know Bob Lashley's best days are definitely behind him. Yet he's still really really good. Like when you look at him in the ring, he's incredibly athletic. He's incredibly strong. He's still able to go at a really high level. I don't really think of age in the same way that I used to, considering how these guys are able to condition their bodies and, and especially the shape that Bobby Lashley's in. I won't. I don't want to look at this from a perspective of age or how many years necessarily he might have left in his run. I, I just want to look at it from the way that he's been as part of the Hurt Business and the way he's been as champion. I personally love Drew McIntyre. And I mean that like outside of wrestling, I'm I'm a friend. I'm a huge fan of his as a wrestler. And with that being said, I can say that Bobby Lashley's short time as champion has been way more interesting than Drew's. You know, I think that Drew, even though he found himself and found a way to kind of be a top guy for WWE, it was still the the criticism I think people have of him is, is valid. I think he, it was boring. I don't think a lot of stuff happened. I think he fought, challengers that weren't really worthy and when he did you know it it ended up being Bobby Lashley that ended up beating him I think that Lashley's done a great job of playing the part of champion you know the the girls and the suits and just everything he's been doing with MVP has been really good the writing in general has been terrible so I have a hard problem judging you know the storyline or what he's being put into and it's kind of the same thing with Drew you know I can say that Drew did a couple of things, but I mean, adding a sword to your gimmick isn't really moving the needle for me. The same way that Bobby Lashley came out and just embraced being a champion. I, I might be old, but the whole, the whole heel stick with the suits and the girls and flashing how rich and powerful you are, that, that works for me. So I, I just, I think he's done a great job of being champion and, and you know, his, his in-ring stuff is there. That's no question. I, I think that just, he kind of put it all together. I, I I just can't wait to see him in front of a, a crowd. And and that kind of goes the same thing with Drew. We never got to see that. So I, I don't know how it's going to go once we see an audience again.
5: I think it's hard to judge. I think it's hard to judge the, um, the main eventers on Raw because the writing is so bad. It's hard to be the last act on a terrible show. Right. Because like right. the crowd is already dead and dragging and like, I we've all been to some live Raws that have been good and bad. I've been at a really I've been in some really great Raws. I was also live for Bailey This Is Your Life. And I can tell you by, <laughs> the, main event, by the main event of that show, we were all ready to go the fuck yeah. home. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what it is. I don't care who it is. This show was poorly written. It didn't deliver.
3: I've been right. here
5: for four hours now. Fuck it, I'm out.
3: Yeah, my enthusiasm level is gone as a fan. I mean, that, that, I can say that about every WrestleMania I've ever been to, to be honest. I, I, I don't have that level of stamina for a wrestling Mm -hmm. show to last six plus hours and still feel excited about the main event, no matter how good it actually is. It's, it's kind of sad that the weekly show has gotten to be that way because, you know, WrestleMania itself, you you know, it's going to go long. You know, big shows are going to be big and they're going to, Get as much as they can in there. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. Going, going even to an episode of Raw, um, you know, doesn't doesn't seem very appealing right now. Uh, I, SmackDown, meanwhile, you know, I I think that they, they've made their title picture the most interesting story that they have going on, and they've done it consecutively for months now. So I, I don't know. But for me, the most interesting thing going on in Raw is. Like, Miranda, I know
4: Miranda. Are you um, here?
3: Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. It's just true. Let's well, Puerto Ricans stick together. But yes, no, I think that it's it's you know it's it's a mildly entertaining thing on a very unentertaining show. So that's Derek, why Derek, it Derek. stands out to me as being the good. He, part. he called
2: you Miranda because you completely froze up. We have no idea
3: what you're saying. Oh no, yeah, no
2: idea what you said
3: on a show. Didn't know. Sorry. No, All no. Right. Cool. So
2: what is it? What is the one thing you like about Raw?
3: Uh, I'm sorry. RKO, RK bro, that thing. Uh, God, it's, I just it's,
2: wish Matt Riddle wasn't such
4: a trash human. Oh, I'm no, sorry.
3: No, I, I, no, you're right. You're no, right. No, 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 no. That's it's a big part of everything right now in life. Yeah. Right? Is, is, right. Is, is trying to enjoy something while it involves so many people that right. you don't necessarily want to support anymore well yeah, you can't a... you
4: can't deny the guy's not talented like i can't right. sit there and watch and be like this guy sucks at what he does like i can't
3: oh. um, if we're talking to... about I, I was just saying if we're talking about the same thing with bobby lashley from from the minute right. matt riddle got signed by nxt i knew that he was going to be vince's big main eventer within five right, years. right. the guy just has everything that vince absolutely loves right. about Check, checks like the that.
4: boxes all the boxes to... To to your point about McIntyre and just being like McIntyre actually caught like the McIntyre one of the McIntyre segments actually led. I was watching Raw for a change because I was around for a Monday evening. I was watching it live, and when um, the best line that they could come up with for for um, McIntyre to say about Lashley was to call him Trashley, I turned the channel like and, and i almost never like i usually commit like if i'm going to sit down and watch raw i'll commit like i don't do like the raws dvr thing that greg does and lashley do- like lashley's current persona and what he does doesn't make me flip away we've talked about this uh, on previous podcasts it really is about what happens next and what what they do with him after he loses um because after he loses if if they just sort of take the heat off of them and back away the the character could be cool at all but nobody's gonna care because they 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 bump him down and don't really do anything exciting with him and then you just you're gonna get the, the crowd of folks who are gonna bitch and moan that why why won't they keep pushing lashley he's so much better than what they have
3: i have an answer for you on what they need to do next and that is that once he loses he hypes up that he has a brand new member of the Hurt Business that's going to completely change the game, and they signed Jimmy Lloyd. Boom! No? All right. Sorry.
2: So, I (laughs) I feel like I'm on a different train than you guys because I feel like Bob Lashley is going to be more of a legit top guy. Even if he's not necessarily in the title picture, I just don't think he's going to fall as far as some others. I don't think he'll go to the U.S. title picture. I mean... Look at a Seamus, okay. Is is Seamus a legit top guy or is he a tier below being a legit top guy? I don't know. And 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 I could I could see a Bob Lashley and Seamus feud mattering regardless of championships, right? There's a lot that I could see Bob doing that will continue to cement him. The big thing for me is when they do go back on the road, can Bob main event house shows? Can Bob or super shows now as they're gonna be? Can Bob do that? I'm less concerned about longevity. Um, not because black don't crack, but because the touring schedule is so different now when they go back, like they're doing these super shows, which is only going to be about a quarter to a third of the combined roster once they get these first few out of the way. So by and large, he's probably only going to work once a week except for once or twice a month. So he's really looking at maybe. 10 dates a year or 10 dates a month at most, probably more like six or seven dates a month. And, and the wear and tear on the body is far less now than it used to be with the super show touring schedule they're going to. And I don't think they're going to move away from it. I just think business has changed so much that then, and so much money comes in from TV that that's where it's at for them. So, um, and, and Bob, once they really simplified things with Bob, look, Bob was, was, had the horrible angle with Sami Zayn and the horrible angle with Lana and was stuck with freaking Leo Rush running around chanting Lashley. And of the three things I just mentioned, the Leo Rush one was the best one. And now, okay. thanks to MVP, who was the MVP of the pandemic for WWE, Bob's a legit guy. Bob's a made man after far too many years. And, and here we are. I kind of view his ascension like Drew McIntyre's where they ascended in and stayed. Um, Bob could and it wouldn't shock me if Bob does lose at Hell in a Cell. And I don't know that he does. Uh, but I'll put it this way, whoever loses at Hell in a Cell between Bob and Drew is going to SmackDown when they do the draft, in my opinion, and will probably end up feuding with Roman at some point, whether it's as a as a as a hero or as a villain. I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, the hurt business is the kind of 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 heel group that people can actually start to love and cheer for. So um so i would the definitely that they're
5: doing another draft is so
2: i know they do it, and the fact that like, it's probably sh- gonna be in august <laughs> is next. even worse um like, i just yeah uh, I, I agree with you like
3: can't they just do like can't they just do trades and such like can't they treat this if they're treating it like there's a draft can't they just move I people mean, around like that when they want the best to? draft they, they ever did, they did I mean, they they break they
5: they could also not repetitively book the same match 10 weeks in a row. They but, could. like,
4: I mean, didn't they? They had a wild card rule. Like, they, they make like, the wild sure card rule, they can
2: do any of this stuff. The wild card rule was just to muck up the waters enough to have to bring back the draft. And it worked at the time. The best draft they ever did was when they only did five selections per show and they did them over a month's period of time. Like, then those picks actually yeah. mattered. When you go through and do this reassignment of the entire roster, and ha- even though half of them stay where they are, and two years later the draft results are exactly the same as they were two years prior, the draft stops mattering. But I do think one of these two will go to SmackDown, and it will matter when they do because of where they are.
3: Derek, I saw you put the finish. I agree with that about the SmackDown thing, and I, I'm interested to see that transition for one of those guys because I think SmackDown knows what they're doing better, frankly. I, I think that... They have, that, I mean, even, I guess my only problem with some of the babyface, you know, top babyface on SmackDown is with Roman in the position that he's in, they've kind of made them all underdogs. Yeah. And that that's kind of a weird position for some of them to be in because it doesn't necessarily feel like a natural role, uh, Where whereas like a Kevin Owens, I mean, I get that he's an everyman, but he's just kind of too badass at times to be like, this underdog kind of character that they're trying to drive everybody to be up against Roman. But I get it. I get what they're doing. Their story that they're establishing is still a very good one. And it's, it's kind of this thing where Roman's just starting too many beasts in the streets and it feels like eventually it's going to catch up to him. I just, I think that when one of those guys do move to SmackDown uh, I, I think they'll, they'll be big. I think that they'll have a lot of good ideas to do with them. That's, that's the pain of watching rock yeah. going back to Sheamus and everybody else. You said, I think they could all be top guys. It's just a matter of how you position them, how you book them, yeah. how you make well, them look.
2: In, in WWE, they're kind of all considered to be top stars. That's yeah. something that, that the way they, they think of their stars, whether or not they book them that way is a whole different question. But once you're there, you kind of are, are considered to be the cream of the crop. So I think that's part of the, part of the issue as well. So sure. that will wrap things up for topic. Number one, let's hit a quick commercial. Do topic number two.
0: This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out,
2: thechairshot.com. Born out of the success of All In. Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, came together with a guy by the name of Tony Khan, who was really unknown to wrestling fans by and large, until this happened and created All Elite Wrestling. Fast forward, almost two years later, AEW is on television, on cable, touring, doing everything they can to to really spice up the world of professional wrestling. And while there's plenty that we could say about AEW, up and down and and all around, what I want to know from all four of us is is what is the biggest impact that AEW has had on the wrestling industry as a whole? So Derek, we're going to start things with you. Just looking at the business globally,
3: what is the biggest impact that AEW has had on the wrestling industry? I think opportunities. I think the opportunities that it's created for everybody in the industry, no matter what level they are currently at in their career is what AEW has done. AEW has created opportunities for older legends that really didn't have a place anymore. Maybe they've kind of worn out their welcome with WWE or they're not necessarily welcome back in the same way other legends are. You have guys that are just past their prime, but don't feel really ready to hang it up yet. WWE is going to relegate them to a smaller role. Um, You have actual stars that were unhappy there that are now getting opportunities in AEW. And I, I think the most important thing is like the young Indie scene that AEW is kind of, you know, uh, giving opportunities to. I think they've done a good job of utilizing it for their show and their growth as well. But I think they've done a great job at at giving guys that you know only really dedicated hardcore independent wrestling fans know of uh, a, a spot, whether it's on dark or even in some cases when Cody Rhodes was doing his you know challenge with the TNT belt and was fighting Warhorse on. On dynamite you know there's there's just been a lot of opportunities for people to work and to shine i mean the aws i guess to a fault you could say that they've maybe taken on too much they have too big of a roster they have too many people like that where it feels just a little watered down i i think that they're still just growing as a company i i, I think that uh the cream will rise to the top essentially at the end of the day but uh, i do think that what they're doing for the for the industry is kind of the opposite of what, you know, WWE does. I think that they're doing a good job of building things that even they aren't necessarily fully invested in.
2: It's, it's so funny because people could literally, people used to criticize WWE for hoarding talent and mm-hmm. AEW has more wrestlers on their roster than Ron Smackdown combined. And, right. and, and, and everyone says, well, they have Dark and they have Elevate. Well, WWE has NXT and WWE has 205 Live. And and they still have far less talent. It'd be so easy, to, but but we can't criticize because it's AEW. And I don't mean we. I mean the, the, the online fans in general. Which brings me to my point about this. I honestly think the biggest impact that AEW has had, and, and you could say other things, but too, I don't want to just continue to believe you're at the same point as you guys will make. It has given the online wrestling community fans a bigger voice in my opinion, because Dude, WWE, you stole my answer. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why we all get different turns. WWE has done a great job Man. of diminishing and even somewhat dismissing the vocal minority of fans out there and, and not making them feel stupid. That's what Dana White does. to so the vocal minority about the UFC, but just, just really pointing out how it is a minority where, where it's at. Whereas AEW has given them more life, more credibility, and and just really put some power behind that online group of fans because that's their target audience. That's where they're making all their money. I typically like to use the term fleecing, but that's where they're making all their money is from that smaller subset of the internet wrestling community. And I do think they've become a more powerful voice because AEW listens and, and sometimes at the sacrifice of growth, but AEW listens and panders to that group of fans and has seen success with it. And so, to me, I believe that that has been a big part of of where they are and, and where they've found their success. And a big part of their success is is that group of fans right now. Do you
3: do you think that's why their fans are so diehard?
2: Um, I think they'd be diehard anyway, but I think it's it's uh, um, I think it gets turned to eleven because of AEW and because of the way they treat those fans. I think it would be a seven or eight or a nine, maybe even a ten. But AEW allows them to be that way, whereas WWE didn't. And and some would say that's what AEW does with talent too. They let the talent be the talent. Good, bad, or indifferent. But AEW lets those fans be what they have been. But instead of trying to mold them and shape them a little bit, they just roll with it. And that's why they haven't grown, to be honest with you, because a lot of the one of the biggest complaints you see online about AEW is the fan base.
5: AEW, I, but the the company has something in common with the fan base. The company or er, the fan base is worse about it than the company is, but they both have something in common. They're all jaded about the WWE. Yes, that's very. They true. are all universally jaded. Yeah. Whether oh, they're jaded, no. whether they're jaded in the sense of Cody and the like, they didn't give me what I want the way I wanted it when I wanted it. Or they're jaded in the like Nick, Matt and Nick sense of not getting the opportunity when they felt they should have been. Or they're the jaded ass fans who are just a bunch of whiny titty babies who constantly bitch <laughs> about the things that they think that they want. And then when they're given those things that they think that they want, well, no, I didn't want it like that. No, that's mm-hmm. not what I meant. You're not listening. No, you didn't listen to me. And so then AEW created an entire company where they're just like, yeah, we hate those guys too. And we're going to do shit like have Cody with the sledgehammer to the Triple H throne because, no, yeah, that was, that's the they,
4: man. They're, they're, not, no, they're not trying to compete with the WWE at all. Cody said it in an interview, man. Like he right. said. Now, that, that had nothing
3: minute, to do with Triple minute, H.
4: Not at all. Yeah, well, hold on, hold on, hold on,
5: hold on. I'll I'll play along with a lot of the bullshit. But if oh, we're right, right. if we're just going with what Cody said in a press conference, Cody in a press conference is like a Bible. Give me a day, and I can find it saying one
4: thing or the other. Well, I mean, he ran it by a focus group first, so no, he didn't say oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. that because it about a happened. focus group.
2: Another day, so, having corrected that. By the way, before we jump in, Kyle, it's your turn. You get to say how they did it.
5: Well, my 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 thing was going to be, I think AEW's biggest impact on the industry has been accelerating certain trends in terms of, like, promotions outside of WWE. Like, AEW rapidly accelerated the destruction of Ring of Honor. Rapidly accelerated. But yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor isn't dead. They're not dead. Ring of Honor is the new impact. They're the cockroach that won't die because they're backed by big money that doesn't care about them. So they'll never go away. They'll just always be that other company. Um, and AEW really kind of accelerated that and eliminated any opportunity that they had for growth. AEW also, I think, is going to be what killed their uh, partnership with New Japan. Uh, because why would New Japan partner with them when they can partner with a company that has like actual television and actual revenue an actual reach in North America, which was the only reason they partnered with Ring of Honor in the first fucking place.
3: Um, I can say I can say that event at Madison Square Garden was also a big reason why New Japan decided not to partner with Ring of Honor any longer because that was a shit show.
5: Yeah, but that event was a shit show in large part because by then all of those people that they were banking on building that card around were like, yeah, we're gonna go um This oil guy wants to give us a bunch of money and let us just, you know, have our own territory. So we're just, we're going to move down to Florida and do our thing. (laughs) But the New Japan's the other company that I think AEW has really impacted the most. They have had to completely change a lot of booking, I think, because I really don't think they thought Kenny and the Bucks would be like hardcore gone gone. I think they always thought there would be some kind of a relationship there. And so then when there wasn't and the pandemic hit, that really, I think, ate into a lot of New Japan's, like, creative well. And we're still seeing the fallout from that.
2: Yeah, Their their biggest impact could be when they drove, if they end up driving New Japan to WWE. Who knows? Patrick. right. Right, right. Now you get your turn.
4: Now you know, my turn. Now that everybody's given all the good answers, no, um, I, I I can't really think of anything more than to to kind of echo what what the three of you already said. I I do I do think it's given a level of exposure to some talent that we we just never would have seen um, on any sort of level of a national stage that 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 we get to see in AEW. Like I don't know. When I would see, oh, I don't know, Orange Cassidy. Um, if AEW Vince would didn't have never exist. understood Orange like, Cassidy, like, like when, when I would, when would he have ever shown up? Um, or would he, or would have it would have been one of those where this guy's big, t- you know, this guy's getting over big and is huge, and somebody will push Vince to sign him, and then Vince won't understand, and you know, then they'll complain that he's great in NXT and terrible when he gets pushed up to to the main roster. So. Yeah, I think for for independent talent, it's been it's been terrific. You know, you, you know, you can say it's a glut or it's an over overloaded roster, but it is it is opportunity. It is something that you know. I then suddenly see that face pop up. I was making a joke about independent wrestlers on social media, but like you see them show up all over the place because they've been on TNT, and so you know you've been on a, a major cable network, and then suddenly you get booked all over the place. You get booked near me. In middle yeah. of nowhere, Massachusetts, and people <laughs> and people will show up um, because they they recognize it from the from this alternative show. I, Greg, I think the the fans are insufferable, um, and and I think that it's. I I still I can't I don't know I can't I can never remember the guy's name, but there's one dude who every every, um, Dynamite Day tweets how is every episode of Dynamite the best episode of Dynamite, and I'm like I hate you. It's because like, they decided
2: I'm, that it was the best episode before it even hit the air. That's how. well. Right. What I want to know, and, what I want to know, is what are they going to do
5: when AEW has to start doing what big companies do? Yeah. AEW hasn't had AEW hasn't had to do the we're making budget cuts right yet. They're, they're being right. allowed to run at a loss for now. They're being allowed. They've got a lot of fan goodwill right now. And I'm just like, what's going to happen when they have to start making those hard choices.
3: So what I can compare this to sometimes mm-hmm. is like uh, uh, sports franchises where, yeah. where one sports franchise, let's, let's say like the Patriots, they just, they, they have it easy. They've won so many championships that they forget what it is to lose. Even when they're, I even mean, when they have a bad season, they somehow know they're going to bounce back and be even better. You know, I, I know Tom Brady leaving was a big deal for this team and everything, but it's very much like pro wrestling, right? Where you just, you kind of take it for granted. And then if, if you're a fan of a, let's say a, of, a, of a Cleveland, you know, Browns or something like that, right? So you're, you're, you're used to just life being shitty. You know, you're used to like this team, everything going bad for you. You don't even have hope that your team is going to do good, even when they are good, right? Like, you just kind of have this thing in the back of your head that's like, ah, this, like, WWE fans and AEW fans are just two completely different things at this point, because WWE fans have gone through that heartbreak, the ups and downs, the disappointment, the seeing your favorite guys get cut, you know, the, I'm not going to trust you again, but, okay, you did bring Samoa Joe back, so I kind of do trust you again, kind of deal, right? The AEW fans haven't gone through that heartache like you're talking about. I think at, at times AEW has promised a lot and hasn't delivered on it. I think at times AEW, right. that's probably the AEW's biggest flaw at times is they always make these really lofty promises, whether it's that the fucking ring is going to explode or that they're going to like <laughs> have, I have a diverse roster of talent. Like I will say that their diversity is good, but honestly, WWE is running up on them as far as having a more well-rounded show you. that that's features a diverse you know both of their champions Bobby Lashley and you know Roman Reigns both both men of color right you have this recent hiring for Smackdown that has been women of color that they've hired as writers for Smackdown you can tell that WWE is moving in a direction where they are even though they've been what they've been in the past they're trying to be better about what they're doing they're trying to bring in people they're not doing the cody Rhodes thing of being like oh that went bad but here let me tell you guys how i put it through a focus group or whatever you know like the the aw just keeps promising how you know like in the beginning that they were going to feature young talent and indie guys and yeah they did that for a while but now eh, i wouldn't be surprised if when you start talking about those first cuts that someone like joey janela isn't in there you know one of the guys that was there to build this company originally in the beginning i wouldn't be surprised if they move completely in the direction of guys like Miro and sting and all of these big name, big talent, you know, or former WWE talent guys rather than continuing with this tradition of supposedly, you know, bringing in indie guys and making it a place for like everybody. I don't
5: know. In a company, in a company owned by the Khan family with a fan base full of assholes How is Cody still
3: the most insufferable thing about the whole operation? Cody is so, Cody has no idea how he looks from the outside. No, he's he's so pretentious. He really does doesn't. He he
5: wants to do the right thing. Like he He wants to do the right thing. But he has no idea just (laughs) how awful he comes across. I'm just like, dude, you come across as the most disingenuous and pretentious douche.
4: It's, it's one of my favorite things to see in wrestling Twitter after Cody says something dumb, because like, I, I don't watch, I've watched maybe an hour and a half of AEW programming. I have really struggled to find what other people say makes it so special. Like I, I've, I've given it a shot. I've been like, I feel like I've actually seen this before in the nineties you know, uh, uh, during during the Monday Night Wars, it just it's, it seems like it's back, and people are happy with it. But what I love is that that's I actually I,
3: it by the way, yes, right. Well, Yeah. right?
4: yes, but but and I'm 20 years past that, and I actually am uncomfortable with that. Like like there like uh, some of the stuff that I hear about what what people go nuts for and are like raving about outside of like this thing happened on it. Like somebody blood, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that turns me like, I can't watch. what well, what used to be my favorite, one of my favorite moments in, in the WWE, I can't watch anymore. Like I can't watch Mick Foley get thrown off of the cage. Right. Like right. it yeah. turns my stomach. And I, I remember watching the, the Matt Hardy bump. Um, that like, I caught that cause I heard all about it in the news. Uh, and, and so it's just never been my thing, but what gives me joy Is on Twitter being able to go into a chat group and be like, okay, why is everybody freaking out about what Cody said? Because, you know, he talked about being the savior for black people everywhere or something like, or in some roundabout way, he just says just the dumbest things. And and it's, it's my blowing to me. And it gets forgiven by the fan. Like I just want fans to be critical and understand that that's okay. And right. that's what I think drives me crazy about this. Like, I don't need you to yell at me if I like it go off on me because I said I didn't like a thing because it didn't like a thing. That doesn't mean I didn't get it. I just didn't like it.
3: Here's the thing, I I could make all sports analogies about all this stuff, including like how we used to love to watch on the football field, people get creamed and now we don't anymore because we know about CTE and concussions and what this is doing to people. So it's not the same thing when you're like, yeah, kill him on the the football field or something, right? Um, But it's that team's thing. It's that team's thing. It's political, it's religious. Now it's in wrestling, it's in music, it's in television shows we watch where people decide they're on this team. This is the team I root for. So that's it. I'm going to defend this team. Any other teams that are against my team are the enemy. So I am against you, you know? And so like, that's what AEW fans feel like at times. They don't feel like wrestling fans. They feel like specific fans of a thing that no matter what, that thing is the best. They're going to defend that the draft picks and the quarterback throwing six interceptions and you know, going six and 10 in a season. They're going to defend all of that because they're just so programmed at times to defend that thing. But going back to Cody, like it's weird, the small things that bother me. Uh, like I have always been bothered by the fact that he had the biggest entrance of anybody when he wasn't even a champion, right? Like why does everybody come out of the left tunnel or the right tunnel, but he gets this grandiose entrance where he pops up so out of the middle. So many like, of Dynamite. And stuff.
5: So many episodes of Dynamite feel like the Cody Rhodes show with friends. Yes. And it's like (laughs) and and just like like you said, Derek, he's not a champion of anything right now. He's not involved in a title picture of any kind right now. And yet it feels so many weeks. It feels like this is his show with other people that just happen to be on it.
3: Dressing up like Homelander and not Mm -hmm. knowing he was dressed up like Homelander is probably the best metaphor that I could make for Cody Rhodes and the way that he sees himself. Like, I, I can't believe that you didn't know you were like that times it feels like a joke. It feels like he is in on it and he knows exactly what he's doing and it's a well-laid plan to make us all hate him, but then it's not. And that's the part that makes me just boggles my mind. I don't understand the decisions that are made or the things that are said. I mean, I I've seen it a bunch of times, but the thing they said about Anthony Agogo, like you beat up uh, uh you beat up an immigrant with that's blind in one eye and that's supposed to make me like you? Like how is that a feud that you even wanted yeah. to get involved with? You the white
5: guy you the white guy beat up a right. black immigrant who's talking who about is blind in one eye. Country. Yeah. Yeah, it was bringing. uh, (laughs) Meanwhile, meanwhile, your wife is giving like tone deaf interviews about how honored she is to be the first black roads, and I'm just like, oh, honey, what are we
4: doing? It's just bad.
0: And that he
2: he did he played the American dream card against a guy who we as Americans kind of like. And Anthony, and more more inexcusably,
5: inexcusably, but even more inexcusably, he went over. I know. Well, go go.
4: LOL Cody wins.
5: Come on, LOL Cody
3: wins. We know that. No, but you're right, though. I mean, the whole thing, like, just I don't know. There was that speech that he gave about America and, and like all of that. And I was just sitting there going, Do you not understand what is going on right now? (laughs) But why should he? But here's
5: the thing: why should he? Because he's giving because he's giving this promo in fucking Jacksonville, Florida, surrounded by people who like who where jingoism plays. Like I live in South Carolina and it don't hit for me. But I know that if he rocks out in Colombia right now and he gives a jingoism promo, he gonna have them all riled up with their America hats and woo USA yeah. USA.
2: You know, I, just, yeah. I, I realized something. You know how the Simpsons—they never age, right? They're always the same age. Cody Rhodes was right. born in 1985, and I don't think he ever stopped living in 1985 because what he's doing yeah. right now would play so well in 1985. And he'd and be great sad. with the Crockett's because I bet his own brother, if he really <laughs> could, would sit him down and be like, you're making a huge mistake. Like I was gold dust. I know you're making like, like I understand to be different from, from our father. And and that's sad too, because be with the from, from yeah, a talent absolutely. perspective, Cody could be one of the best in the world, but he gets in his own way. And, and it's just, it's so sad. So sad to
3: see. So he'd make such a great heel. He'd be, it, it's kind of like the Roman thing. Where it like for years, Roman, like we just begged them to do what eventually they did. I'm glad the Roman storyline went the way it did. And to be honest, I'm even impressed with it at times. But Jesus Christ, I can't tell you how many podcasts we recorded where we were like, just fucking turn the guy heel already. 75% of the heel, the the audience boos him already. He already acts like a heel. He says things to the audience where he's almost like talking shit openly to the audience. Not something a face does. And yet you still proceed to book him in a certain way, you know, maybe and that's why, he kind of went with it. Maybe that's why Cody's moniker is
5: nightmare. It. What the fuck about what
2: the I know? Maybe that's why I mean, Triple H it's... made such a point in interviews to tell us that Roman was already a heel after WrestleMania 33. I don't know. Different topic. I got a little, right. little right. bonus thing for us.
3: Gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're in clear. We got three minutes we We got
2: three minutes that Can't really continue to celebrate ten years of podcasting without something that we've been doing for probably half that time. That is the three-minute warning bonus topic you guys didn't know about, but very easy. Who Rest is Jamal and Rosie? Right? Who is your low key favorite wrestler right now? Not like one that people would be like, Oh, like, like low key, like almost maybe you don't want to admit it. Low key, like maybe others wouldn't think of it, but who is low key kind of one of your favorites right now? And, and I, I've got the order that I set for this one a little bit different to go Kyle, Derek, Patrick, and Greg. Kyle, if you're not ready, maybe we can move around because I just sprung the question on you guys, but low key, who is, who is one of your favorites right now? Could be guilty pleasure. It could be who knows what.
5: Okay, so low key, I know it like it doesn't make sense for people that know me because they know that like I care about work rate a lot and like blah blah blah. But like low key, index is my favorite shit. I fucking love index so much. I don't know why, I don't know what it is about it, but it just hits for me.
2: I think, personally, I think it's Indy. I think Indy is doing such a great job selling She's the whole index so good. thing. good. She really is. And she was underrated anyway, and, and yet another talent they plucked from, from Australia. But she is insanely talented and is showing the range that you need to be successful in that company.
3: Derek. Uh, this one's a little tough, but I'm going to have to say uh, it's still Orange Cassidy. Uh, I I love Orange Cassidy so much. I think that they said it on the broadcast in the match between him and Pac, where they just said, we've never seen anything like Orange Cassidy. And then I think he proceeded to say, I I don't know how to describe him, but this is him. And it was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I I don't know how to describe it. And like you said earlier, if he was in WWE, he would probably be booked as some sort of comedy act at best. Uh, I think that at the very least, to credit AEW, they do a great job of, like you said, listening to the fans, seeing someone that they really like, and instead of just making sure they're on the show every week, actually giving them a push. He's I, presented I, so well, yeah. And I and that's the thing is, is like, I I, I right down to the introduction from yeah, wherever, wherever, way, wing whatever. whatever, right? And I mean, like the that match, you know, that just coming out to the Pixies and. His, his daps, you know, and I like the way he shoes the best friends away when they come out for his match. Like, I don't need you guys out here. Just everything about him, I love. The glasses gimmick, the way that he goes when he starts going. I mean, I know he's a smaller guy, and I definitely have seen matches where I've realized he has a, a ceiling. You know what I mean? Even his performance level has a ceiling. After about 10 minutes, you've probably seen everything you're going to see out of him. I just... I still Goldberg
5: made a career. Goldberg made a career out of matches that didn't run past five, so ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with know. that. No. All I'm gonna has, say is every time his hands go up, every time his hands go up, and then he just sticks them in his pockets, I pop oh, wow. every fucking I, time.
3: It's like the sunglass bit. I always pop for the sunglass bit where they break his sunglasses, and I know it's gonna happen. I'm like, he has another sunglasses, and sometimes he waits a long time to pull them out or whatever. I don't care. Uh, it's it's just really good. I think the fact though that is that he's not just a joke gimmick. You know, like once they start going, you're like, all right, here we go. You know, and he still does the cool moves, and he still sticks his hands in his pocket, but I just think he does a great job of being fun. You know, it's fun. And you don't need to see him lose or excuse me, win. I uh, you, you watch him lose and like it kind of makes it that much better. Like you just you know he's gonna come back or you know he's gonna be aloof to it and not really care anyway. So it doesn't matter if he loses. I, I thought you know that it was really fun with the getting him involved in the title picture for no and and
2: that push of putting him in the title picture makes him bankable for a long time, even if he's never there again. Yeah. Doesn't matter; he's always can be put into that into that spot. Patrick O'Dowd, favorite lo- low key favorite.
4: I'm a little scared to admit this. That's what the point of this um, is. But uh, <laughs> i i kind of i kind of low key love what they're doing with Eva Marie so far in her and her no. Return. Yes,, oh God, no. yes, I do, I do I having somebody else wrestle for <laughs> you and get the victory, I don't even care, <laughs> don't even care. I love that they're leaning into everybody and their fucking brother hating Eva Marie coming back yeah. and doing the whole gimmick and being like, "You know what, we're just gonna make you hate her more
3: i i, I yeah,
4: between that and dexter loomis i'm I'm okay,
3: no, you're right though. I, I think that, to be honest, what they did on Monday.
4: That's the best it, possible thing that they could have done it, with her. It and, really was. And get really anything was. in a positive direction.
5: I'm here for anything that gets Piper Nevin. Me on too. Yes, like, that too. Like, yes. yes. Oh, oh, and the only thing I'll say about this, and I'll talk more about this on the edge this week with Platt, but um, <sighs> man, if you dusted off your grimy ass Twitter fingers to body shame Piper Nevin. Fuck you! Oh yeah,
2: somebody did. Oh that? yeah, that's not. cool. Oh, yeah. of course they did. Oh, you I act surprised Over
5: the did that. people Come body on. shame and Piper, and I'm just like.
3: First of all, she can go. Second of all, right. who cares if she's mm-hmm. big? God damn it! This is this is why I don't get guys like the natural disasters anymore. It's attitudes like that. Yeah. Fuck that! I want big guys. I want small guys. I want. Big yeah. Women. I want all of it. You know what I mean? Only like, I, right. love, only I
5: love when we get Haas women because we very rarely get Haas women. Right. Yeah. It's all, right. whether it's because, whether they're a Haas because they're freakishly tall or they're a Haas because they're plus size. We never get
3: Haas women. What uh, They got Raquel out here flexing her back and stuff, just trying to make herself look as Haas as possible. What, you know, um, like, you know, what name they did don't have a her? lot, but. What right. name did they end up giving her?
5: Well, what? the rumor is they're going to call her drop.
4: I hope no, not. no. Because
2: that's
5: the, only the thing rumor. I like, that's right on that, the
2: screen. That
4: that was the that was the Twitter freakout. Did, did you not see like the big tri- Twitter freakout all day about like today. we're just gonna change your name? Nothing matters anymore. Down right. is up. We hate like wrestling fans. No no no, 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 no,
5: no, 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 no. There's there's nuance to be had in that conversation. I'm sure there they is. can't. They
4: can't. No, have they it. can't at all. No. But There
2: is nuance to the cast. The only up, thing the I didn't is like.
4: Ending, we're all going to
2: die. Only thing I didn't like was the the stuff they put in her hair gave me Bertha Faye vibes, and I just don't. Yeah. Need that. I don't yeah. want her to have to have that comparison. Uh, I think that she's she's good enough on her own, and I think that it'll go it'll go really well. Uh, my this has been my low key favorite for a while, and I honestly think that. I'm a few weeks away from not having this. I'm probably a few weeks beyond this, not even being allowed to be a low key favorite anymore, but I have been enamored really since before Halloween with Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes. Grimes. And now that he's a baby face, he's he's in the hero role. Thanks to actually, you know what? No, I'm going to take Cameron Grimes away because I don't think that's fair. I think it's too easy at this point. And I'm going to go with his opponent LA Knight because LA Knight tell me yeah right let me talk to you LA Knight is is he's just so refreshing because he's like a late 80s early 90s heel but he can flat out go and doesn't get enough credit for how well he can go he's got the look of a main roster wrestler but he gets over in NXT which like you know take notes Carrying Cross, because you're a main roster guy stuck in NXT and you shouldn't be there and we'll talk about that on the hashtag Miranda show here in a few minutes for us anyway, but it's really like, like LA night to me is this breath of fresh air. Like the stuff that he does on NXT, no one else is doing and it just works. And he's going to get so many people over as a babyface, including Cameron Grimes, who I didn't even realize until Cameron Grimes came out and they were piping in cheers. Cause that's what they do in WWE now. And honestly, little note, they've been doing it for 20 years now. Um, they were piping in tears for Cameron Grimes and I, I didn't even, I was like, Oh wait, he's the hero. Like it's not heel versus heel. Like I thought it was. The
5: MVPs of that match though. The MVPs of that match are the impact wrestling social media team for plugging the Eli Drake versus Trevor Lee. Yes.
2: Match. Just like they've been plugging the Drew, <laughs> Drew, Drew Galloway versus Bobby Lashley match. Yep. It, it's, yeah. it's so good, but Cameron Grimes has been so entertaining and he can do it all, but he's gotten a show a sign of him that we didn't really get to see. Um, I mean, yeah, in PWG, he was cutting up, sending the lead in promos, and that's great. But he is is a character and a wrestler in WWE and NXT, and doing so well of it. So for me, that's my my guilty pleasure was Cameron Grimes, but also La Knight because La Knight is uh, he's just such a welcome breath of fresh air.
3: Greg, I saw La Knight uh, years ago at an indie show here in Phoenix, Arizona. That was stacked, and he was one of the guys I had no idea who he was. And even in in a show that featured Apollo Cruz and Drew McIntyre and Brian Cage and uh, a litany of others, uh, he stood out immediately made an impact on me the first time I saw him. Cause he grabbed the mic and he got on it and he did the thing that he did. And the first thing I saw thought about him the first time I saw him was this guy looks like, like he should be on raw right now. So, I mean, he's, he's been ready for years. I feel like mm-hmm. I think that he's, finally getting a good opportunity i still hate the name a lot but uh well he needed the I'm supposed to. he can't say Eli
5: it had to be three syllables so that he yeah. could do the thing the thing the la night yeah this it. thing they didn't yeah. try to change
2: him too much because he's older than you. i think. have a dummy shirt so yeah he's he's fantastic and he's yeah I, I just he's the guy he's he's the example like you just gave of that indie show You realize when you watch him, he's not what you want. He's what you need. And and you see that, and you get so excited about L.A. night. So that is going to wrap things up for this edition of the Babyface Eel Podcast. We are going to continue the roundtable discussion with two more topics on the Hashtag Miranda Show for you Thursday midday here on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Quick reminder to head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot pick up one of those t-shirts support the cause support the movement we appreciate you doing that derek Montilla is at cap underscore caveman with a k check out everything he does kyle is at dr smores on the twitter at wrestling realist for patrick go i'm at Chairshot. greg the website the is at chair shot media definitely check that out for all of your needs of course this show streams at the chairshot.com.
5: The always use your
2: head along with all of your favorite streaming platforms, like subscribe, leave us that review. Just do everything you can. We, we appreciate everything you do and we're going to keep this thing going. So it, it's so hard for me to wrap things up when the same four people are going to keep recording after this, but that's a peek behind the curtain. So I, I, I'll end, the, you know, I, I'm giving myself to July 1st, knowing I get rid of all the copyrighted music. So there's not a whole lot of times that I continue to play this. So until next time, always use your head. (laughs)